It's Talking Twins and more with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and more, a multiple birth podcast with myself, Nix, back for another week with my wonderful co-host from twinfo.com.au, Naomi. Hello, how you going? It is that time of the day again. It's my favourite time. I love talking to you, Nikki. It's always good to catch up. And we've been talking through so many interesting topics recently and one that I'm really passionate and we're both uh, excited to be talking about today because it's so important. It is indeed. So today we're getting um, a lady on and I can't wait to sort of explain how um, I actually know this person um, because it's this is a really, really... Can we start again? Yeah, I have sure. so not into this today. Sorry, hang on. Do you want to postpone for another day? No, no, I want to do it. I'm just, I'm so panicked we're not going to be able to go away now because if we can't, I'm just going to hit rock bottom. I'm, we all understand. If you want to postpone, we can put it off because you've got to get let's that just, sorted though. Nah, go. We've got enough in the can. Let's do it. Okay. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast with myself, Nix, and joining me for another week, my wonderful co-host from twinfo.com.au, Naomi Dolan. Hello. How are you going this week? Hello, Nikki. We are back, back in your ears for another week. Yeah, it's my favourite time of the week, and we've been really addressing some interesting topics this year, and uh, this week I'm super excited to get into this one because it's one of the most important when it comes to uh, twins and being a twin parent. Yeah, I think being any kind of a parent that this is a really important topic, um, but it's one that's really close to my heart and I'm really looking forward to delving into this lady's story about her mental health journey after she had her multiples. Yeah, and there's a little bit of a background about how you know our guest today as well. (laughs) We'll get into that next. Nat is going to be joining us up next on Talking Twins and More. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. And as we said, Nat is joining us. She's on the line right now. Hello, how are you going? I am doing great, thank you. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. And Nat, you and Naomi have a little bit of back history and it's very relevant to this podcast. Uh, Tell us a bit how you guys know each other. Uh, Well, I help mums set up an online business if they want to merge out of the nine to five or if they're looking for some more flexibility or freedom or if they want to be their own boss. And part of what we do is come up with ideas and we will then um, sort of sell them on to someone. And so I came up with an idea to create an online platform for parents of multiples and um, Naomi saw it and we set Twinfo up for her and, you know, the rest is history. I'm sure everyone's aware of how amazing that is. But none the wiser to me, I then ended up pregnant with multiples or twins about a year later. So I am became her sort of like <laughs> ideal person to be able to use her platform and I was able to experience for myself just how incredibly, like, amazing it is um, from a parent with twins. Well, I tell you what, there's a lot of people who have benefited through the resource of Twinfo. So we're very lucky to have it. We're lucky that Naomi has taken it and run with it. And as you said, Nat, you've, you've benefited from it as well. <laughs> yeah. But that's not what we I got you on top. Yeah, I think she cursed me or maybe she blessed me. I couldn't believe when you first told me. I just couldn't stop laughing. It was just... It was that kind of ironic um, full circle thing um, that just, yeah, really made and me laugh. 
when you first found out, that was probably when I was actually pregnant with triplets as well, because when I got pregnant, it was triplets. And then one of the triplets heartbeats stopped at seven weeks. So it was wow. like just amazing, crazy story of, yeah, setting up Twinfo and then getting pregnant with triplets and then going on to have twins. My goodness, what an amazing story. Um, on, that, on that note, tell us about your multiple journey and you becoming a, a mum of twins. Yeah. So look, I was always that person that said twins would be my worst nightmare because I just did not understand how anyone could look after two babies at one time. I was so naive to it. And because I went through P&D with my eight-year-old, um, it just really freaked me out. I just didn't think that I would be capable. I had, I was very sort of limited in my knowledge. So when I first got pregnant with the, the triplets and then adapting to the idea of having twins, it took me a little while to get my head around and to get comfortable with the idea and transform from I can't do this to I actually can do this. Um, so my twins are two and a half now. I have fraternal girls, although I suspect that they might be identical. And um, it's certainly been a roller coaster. My goodness. So take us back to that moment when you first discovered that initially you were having triplets. Um, what was going through your head and how did you go about changing that mindset? Well, I it think was something that a lot of people go through. I mean, everyone has that immediate. Holy shit well, moment. Yeah, but <laughs> there's just no other words for it, is it? But yeah. um, I think for Nat there was... Um, as there are for many of our families, there was a slightly larger adjustment. Right. So I already had two children. Um, I have a now 12-year-old and he's eight. Uh, I said he was eight, but he just had a birthday like the other day. So he's nine. Um, get your kids' ages right, Nat. Um, and so I was I never thought that I would be a person that had twins. It's not in my family. I just never, never saw it come in. And actually in 2018, I very unexpectedly got pregnant. Um, and because we'd sort of closed the door on having a third. And I actually, with that pregnancy, had a miscarriage and realized that I really did want to have a third. So I convinced my husband to have a third. And um then I actually, when I was about six weeks pregnant, I actually thought that I was having another miscarriage. So I convinced my doctor to let me go down for an ultrasound. And she said to me, you won't be able to see anything. Don't get your hopes up. It's too early. And I was just adamant. I just said, that's fine. I want to go and see anyway. So um, I was preparing myself for the fact that I was having enough, another miscarriage. I was really convinced. Um, and I was bracing myself for the um, ultrasound lady to say to me, sorry, there's no heartbeat. And then we saw a heartbeat and I was just so overjoyed and like um, overwhelmed and just so grateful and thankful that I wasn't having a miscarriage and there was a really strong heartbeat. But then on the monitor, as I was looking at the heartbeat and it was flickering, I saw another one flickering and <laughs> in my head I was like what the hell is that why and I said to her why is there two and she goes actually if you look here there's three and I went what is that what wait what and she goes there's actually three heartbeats there's three babies in there wow. and um yeah that was how I found out yeah, very similar to my story. I was I was in so much pain. I was convinced there was something wrong with the pregnancy and it was a complete surprise pregnancy um, and then it was two. And it is very, very hard to get your head around 
uh, going from, in my situation anyway, not expecting to be pregnant at all to suddenly two or in your situation three and then back down to two. That's a lot to mentally process. Yeah, it was. Um, And I would say I was in shock and they prepared me for the fact that they might not all make it. Um, So I didn't really believe it until I was about 12 weeks pregnant. So when the first triplets heartbeat stopped, um, that was a strange space to be in because I was terrified of having triplets and um, it was an adjustment. It was a very contradicting, confronting feelings of sort of like being okay with it, but also you're grieving because, mm. you know, it's a heartbeat baby. It's not, you know, ideal. And then I sort of didn't really focus too much, too much on it until I was 12 weeks. And it was at the 12 week mark when I realized and when the penny dropped, Oh, I'm having twins. They're mm. here to stay. Um, and then it took me until I was about 30 weeks pregnant to actually go, okay, I can do this. I cried a lot. I mm. freaked out a lot. I, um, I, I leaned on my husband a lot and um, I was very, very terrified and scared and worried for a, a very long time. But I did manage with, with support around me and with mindfulness and just focusing on my mindset, I managed to come to a place of acceptance and that you know, these babies, I believe, came through for a reason and I'm in this position for a reason and I'll be okay. What were you most scared of, Nat? Because I know um, for me a lot of it was just the sort of, I I mean, the organisational side of it, how am I going to do this, you know. But because I didn't have any prior children, um, I was also actually totally petrified of being a mum. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I was like that because they're our first, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they were our first. Yeah. So um, it, I guess for you, you already had that mum side down, Pat. You had yeah. two amazing children. You knew that you could do it. Um, yeah. So for me, it, that more outweighed my fear than the practicalities of having twins, but I think that's because I was a first-time parent. Yeah. So for me, because I already had two children, I knew what was coming. I knew the sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. My uh, son had food intolerances. He has asthma, eczema. We had a really, really tough time with him. He didn't sleep properly until he was over two. And as I mentioned before, I had PND. So for me, I was worried about my mental health and Mm -hmm. how that was going to impact me and how I was going to be able to manage. I was worried about the sleep deprivation. I was worried about the flow on effect with my two older older children in terms of that if I was down and if I was struggling mentally, how that was going to impact them. I was worried about my marriage. I'm not super organized and um, like I don't really think that much ahead in terms of practical stuff. So that stuff wasn't going through my mind too much. I probably blocked it out, but it was more just how am I going to navigate my mental health through this because I knew what was coming. I can completely relate to that now. We've been in a situation, Naomi knows about this on and off now for probably two years where I've I've desperately wanted to have a third, but my other half doesn't. And then I've got these and I keep yo-yoing. Um, and a lot of my hesitation is exactly that. We have that. We have a, one of our twins is sensory. He's very hard work. The other one's not easy himself. A lot of sleep deprivation, even at five and a half. Um, and it does. It, it 
it, there is a huge anxiety and fear to the point now where I'm almost like, I don't think that my physical health and mental health can actually cope and I need to invest that energy into the twins. So I can actually relate to that fear now, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. I will add though, you know, fear is a funny thing because it makes us think that we can predict the future and how things are going to work out. Mm. Um, and then we make decisions based on that. However, the, the most crazy thing actually happened to me in terms of my twins started sleeping through the night at eight weeks they've been incredible sleepers um, that's it you never know yeah you do never yeah. know you do never know and I remember back then just being so I was like why are you like going to sleep I don't understand this like don't you still want me do you want me to pat you to sleep is there anything you want me to do and they were just like nah get out we're going to bed um, and I'm really lucky and incredibly blessed, especially after having such bad sleepers that um, they've shocked the hell out of me. And they've actually been incredible sleepers for two and a half years now. So I can see that my fear was trying to predict and create certainty, but actually the opposite became true. Yes. Yeah, see, I just had no idea how bad that sleep deprivation yeah. was. No. Be. And, and it's just- shocking. I had just gone in blindly. That I had not even considered that mm, part of I'm it. I'm the same. I'd, I'd be up to them in the night and stuff like that. But, I mean, mine didn't start sleeping through the night until they went to school at mm. five and a half. Like that first five years was. That, that's where we're at. We're, we still don't have sleepers yeah. now. We've got huge sensory issues, as Naomi, you know, and it's it's still crippling. I mean, people always say to me, oh, you're looking tired. I'm like, well, I haven't slept in close to six years, you know, by the time you add the pregnancy. And it is it is hard if you end up in that situation. It's really hard. Yeah. Well, so, that, Nat, that worked out well for you then for your, um, I guess, because add sleep deprivation to yeah anxiety and you know and any kind of mental health it just blows it out the window doesn't it I'd be in a straitjacket that was my saving grace was the fact Mm. that they were good sleepers and you know like of course we've had the like a a night here and there and now they like to call out for adults in the middle of the night Mm. like Adult, adult, and uh, you oh, know, that's not a cute though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and kiss, kiss. You know, they'll do that every once in a while. But that was really my saving grace. I'd be mm. in a straight jacket if I didn't ha- have the blessing of getting good sleepers. Now you so said that, that what other kind of um, sort of things did you put in place in anticipation? Um, were there was like what did you work through? knowing that you might struggle with certain things? Yeah. So um, I think it's such a great question because for me, I started putting things in place um, maybe at that 12-week mark. I'd been struggling with my iron. My iron kept on dropping because I had really heavy periods and I didn't realise at the time that I had or it was just coming to light that I had quite a big fibroid that was causing the heavy periods. So my iron was on my radar at that time. And I'd been trying to get it up and up and up, not yet quite realizing or connecting the dots that it was the fibroid. So in my mind at that time, I knew I was super tired and I knew that my iron was a problem. So I had the realization, right, well, if I get my iron sorted, I'll have more energy. So the first thing that I thought about was, okay, this twin twin pregnancy is going to be brutal. I need to get my energy up. I need to get my body sort of like really good so that it can support me. So 
I went to um, my naturopath and I just thought that she was going to tell me to like eat more greens, eat more meat and everything. But she was absolutely incredible. I actually cried the entire first hour of chatting with her because at that 12 week stage, I was just so fraught with like fear and she didn't address it from just a physical point of view she also addressed it from a mental point of view and a holistic point of view which of course you know she's a naturopath but I was just really none the wiser at the time and her philosophy was we need to create a support circle around you so that we can help and guide and nourish you through this process so for her it was sort of looking after me holistically I also was seeing a psychologist I was also working with my GP um I was doing kinesiology um massages so I I went in with the philosophy of I actually need a team of people around me to support me through this um and that was really incredibly beneficial for me because I think I would have been a lot worse if I had not had that that is such great advice for people to put that structure in place and I think that's really good. Um, but fast forward because I know that you then said to us that eight weeks was was a bit of a significant milestone for you um, mentally. Yeah. Can you talk us through what happened? Yeah, absolutely. So I my twins were born at 35 weeks and one day and I think for me those first six to eight weeks I was probably on adrenaline and I was probably a little bit... Um, yeah, just like, I mean, I didn't really take a lot of time off work. Life resumed pretty quickly. We did have an incredible two weeks in the special care nursery. And I know that that's a fear for a lot of mums that they don't want to leave their babies in hospital. But I had the beauty of being already a first time mum and a second time mum. So when it was like when my twins came to me at 35 weeks and I knew that then they were going to be in special care for two weeks, I was like stoked. I just went home and slept. I caught up. I was recovering from my C-section. I didn't have any anxiety about leaving them because, and I would have, if I was a first time mum, it would have completely freaked me out. But the beauty of that situation was the hospital put them in a routine for me and I got to go home and rest and recuperate. And I really felt like that was instrumental in those first eight weeks, as well as probably running on adrenaline that helped me um, be able to navigate those eight weeks like quite okay. Like I thought I was doing well. And then I actually remember the exact moment where I was there about eight weeks and I was sitting at my computer and all of a sudden the screen on the computer, I just saw like this flashing sort of light. Um, uh, if anyone knows uh, uh, like what a, I think it's a migraine or aura, Um, that's what my GP ended up saying it was. But then the light sort of like went from off the screen into my, my vision and it just completely freaked me out. It just triggered something that this type of anxiety that became so relentless, um, it just built and built and built every day. And then because I was trying to mindset and navigate and, calm my nervous system down dealing with this anxiety my body then just became very burned out and my mind became very burned out and then I started to become depressed and I spiraled for the next four months 
where I actually ended up in the psych ward because I then got to the point where my brain just started to fragment and I was having thoughts of harming myself. Um, and, you know, this is so hard to say, but I even started to have thoughts about harming like the, the twins. And the minute that I had that first thought, I said to my husband, um, I need to go to hospital. Something's not okay. So that was an incredibly terrifying time for me because um, the consuming weight of the anxiety and the depression was such an incredibly scary place to be because I didn't feel that I had any control over it. And just each day, no matter how hard I tried, because I'm very good at managing my mental health, especially after my first PND episode with my eight-year-old and my nine-year-old, I learned a lot of skills. Um, so the fact that I couldn't course correct just freaked me out even more. And then I was incredibly blessed to still be in contact with my naturopath, still in contact with my GP. So then they all came on board. And then as the months continued afterwards, um, I started to be able to piece together for me what happened. And when I had tests run with my naturopath and my GP, it became apparent that my thyroid was out of whack and that I was also really low in B12 and vitamin D um, and a few other things. I was also processing some trauma that had come up from the past. And I really believe that it was just, and my hormones were out of whack as well. So I really believe that it was just a perfect storm of a few factors that came together that that day for me, it was like day and night when things changed. I was, I was pretty fine. And then the next moment I wasn't. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what happened. Wow. That's amazing that you've had the foresight because what a scary moment when you, you know, you are thinking potentially about self-harming you, maybe, you know, those around you, your babies to be able to just to say to your husband, I need to go to hospital. I think that is um, such a pivotal moment mm. because it takes a lot of strength so much strength to actually a, a, put your hand up but b vocalize it and say it to somebody else who can then help you yeah and sometimes that's all we need is to speak up mm. and that's the beauty of anxiety is that it's a curse and a blessing at the same time so it's a curse in that sometimes it can be consuming but it's a blessing in that it does keep us very alert mm. and we're always scanning for those factors that could be potentially dangerous or potentially harmful. So my anxiety actually came into play there and um, was able to sort of act like a terminator and scan, okay, what's happening here? And then, yeah, I was able, I was lucky to sort of have the cognitive ability just to be able to say to my husband, something's not okay. But I just also like, I don't know whether this is going to be controversial or not, but I also just do actually want to make a point as well. And this is just my experience. It may not be the same for everyone else, but when I did have that scary thought, I called Lifeline and I'm sure that they're amazing. Like there's such an incredible service, but it didn't help me in that situation. I needed to actually still be very responsible and in charge of my situation because I didn't feel that I got what I needed. And then when I went to hospital and I was in there for a few days, again, I'm, I, I, I'm an absolute advocate for medical help, but 
Um, I was underwhelmed with how they helped me because they just put me on medication. So I believe that it needs to be like a full circle of people that are supporting you. Like, yes, a hospital and resources like Lifeline are incredible, but really the game changer for me was actually changing my GP and still working with my naturopath and then also doing other things as well. And the only reason why I want to make that point is because it could have turned out worse for me if I didn't have that extra support. And I just think that some um, to be disconcerting in the support and what we take on is really important as well. It was a bit like when you um, were first pregnant and you knew you had to surround yourself with a team of people. Yeah. Um, it's sort of a similar team, but um, that team grows, changes as along with you know, your life changes and things like that. Mm. And I think you make a really good point. Um, you're not the first person who I've spoken to about mental health that's um, said that Lifeline haven't been, um, not to take away from credit, they are an incredibly valuable resource. And I remind anyone who's in a crisis point that 13, 11, 14, reach out. Um, but as you said, it, that's for a crisis point, same with hospitalisation, but overcoming particularly deep-seated anxiety or depression, is a, it, yeah. it's a process and you have to then set up that support network, exactly what you're saying, to be able to continue that because otherwise you don't want people to spike back down again because if we don't have that infrastructure of the GP or the naturopath or whatever works for each individual, um, yeah, you're not moving forward. Yeah, and absolutely hospital was the safest place I needed to be mm. at that point. And absolutely people, I definitely am still a major advocate of utilising mm. resources like Lifeline. I And as you say, I just think there needs to be more of a fuller circle though. Yeah. To, to You're saying, us. yeah, build that team around you. And I, I love that whole concept from even from the beginning to then building that team again when you needed it at that crisis point is such a good message to people that it, it is building that team around you and it's family, it's friends, it's medical support, it's, um, you know, holistic support is just so key to creating that entire um, support network. Yeah, absolutely. And it can come down to little things like even I know you weren't having the problems with the sleep, but I wish I, wish I had known that there were sleep consultants around when I was yeah. going through. Like, yeah, that's the kind of stuff it may just be. I mean, gosh, if you're totally overwhelmed by the cleaning, if you can afford it, get a cleaner, you know, yeah. like there's you can yeah. do before that overwhelm, I guess, becomes too overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had a sleep consultant on speed dial. I had her lined up ready to go. Um, I had a cleaner. I had, you know, I, I mean, I'm not super organized, so I didn't have a freezer full of food, but I did have options and thoughts in my mind about that and ready to utilize that if I needed to. Um, but yeah, so things like that can be incredibly instrumental because when you're trying to navigate that in the middle of sleep deprivation um, or in the middle of, you know, the storm that happens when we do bring the babies home, it can be very hard. And it sounds simple, like, oh, find a sleep consultant, but the mental energy that that takes is actually so much more than the physical practice practicability of it hmm. so having some numbers written down or already vet vetted and validated can be really helpful absolutely and that's one I'm thing that does do. 
Mm. It's, you know, all of the sleep consultants and things that are on the directory, they all have the multiple birth experience and things like that to try and take away some of that overwhelm of navigating the internet to, you know, and trying to ask people for help. Because sometimes it is hard for people to ask for help. Mm. Um, I'm not good at it. <laughs> I'm, ter- I'm terrible at it. So to have a directory of things that people can just go on and look up and know that they're, um, you know, that they are going to have multiple birth experience and things like that, I think that just takes away one of the many layers of overwhelm. Um, Yeah. Matt, thank you so much. Your transparency and rawness has just been incredible. And to share that and for other people who might be struggling Um, particularly with the anxiety, because we've said this in previous episodes, a lot of focus is on postnatal depression, which is very important, but postnatal anxiety can be absolutely crippling. I suffered greatly from it myself as well. So thank you for being so honest and open and giving support and ideas for people to put those strategies in place. It's my pleasure. I really enjoyed chatting about it. And if anybody... um, Where can people follow you? Because I know that you um, have an awful lot of um, mental health tips and you share some gorgeous photos of um, your family on your socials. So where can people go to follow you? Yeah, so I write a lot about my experiences with mental health and, um, you know, PND and anxiety, um, but also mum life, twin life, um, business life, being a mum in business in Remarkable Business Mums, which is a Facebook group that I have of over 16,000 members. Um, or you can find me um, at businessjumpco.com um, or on Instagram as well. Nat, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure catching up with you today. My pleasure. Thank you. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au.